Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at TakeOver Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have a chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. Yo, how fantastic was worship? Yeah. Good grief. Most anointing prayers ever heard. Oh my gosh. Offering message got me ready to go. I love this church. But hey, last week, how many of you guys know the devil sucks? Okay, so the devil sucks. And uh, man, he reared his ugly face. He really did. And uh, Adrian and I were both down with the flu. I'm talking fevers. I'm talking everything. It was, it was wild. I was asleep from Wednesday to Saturday. But I love that Takeover Church, we say this all the time, but guys, from, from, from my heart to your ears, please hear me. Takeover Church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many, okay? And our team pulled it together. Yeah, make some noise. Our team pulled it together, and we still had an incredible worship service, a worship night last week. How many of you love getting your worship on? It's pretty easy to do when you can't tell if the music is, uh, you know, you can't. We were at a worship service. I was here last week. I still made it. We still figured it out. It was good, but we had a worship night, and I was sitting there going like, yo, I don't know if this is a church or a club. The music's so good. It was amazing, but thank you guys so much to our incredible crew here for pulling it together. They never heard that before. All right, it's fine. Um... But yeah, it was awesome, and we are so grateful for our incredible team here, and so grateful that we are still able to have church, because I don't know about you, but I got zero problems with worshiping my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords, my Savior Jesus. Do you? It was so good. So good. We're going to repeat it right now. I'm actually not good to preach. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yes, tonight we are continuing our series. I think it's on screen. Outside these walls. Somebody say, outside these walls. <laughs> you know, you got to say it like a, you know, like a seven-year-old Southern guy. Outside these here walls. Yes, I hear you all. If you listen to the podcast and you're in the South, some of my friends are down there. We apologize. We don't mean to offend you, just kind of. Um, but man, man, outside these walls, and I might be a little biased, okay? Might be a little biased, but I feel like those previous two messages in this series have been absolutely incredible. Would you all agree? Shook your pastor's ego a little bit. No, I'm kidding. But I actually, I feel like they have been absolutely amazing and life-changing. Life-changing for me as well. And so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't heard the last two podcasts, go back and listen to them. Please, I want to make sure that we are running together, that we are on the same accord together, that we are in the same mindset together, that you are caught up, that we are running in a pact. How many of you know there are power in numbers? How many of you know there is power in a united spirit? Awesome. So I just want to make sure I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. Please go back. It's on all the podcast streams, takeovergr.com, any of it. Find those last two podcasts and listen to them, especially with what just went happened in Pittsburgh. Man, that previous week, Heart Like Heaven. Man, what is going on in this country, what is going on in our world. We preached about it. We talked about it. There is zero place. And because this just happened, I want to take a minute out. In the body of Christ, in the Bible, in the blood of Jesus, there is zero room for bigotry of any kind. Y'all believe that tonight? I want to let you know the cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the great uniter of all men, of all women, of all people from past, present, and future generations. That's what we believe here at Takeover Church. 
So man, we stand with Pittsburgh, we stand with all those families, and we stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters in that synagogue that was shot up. And we also stand with the man who, who hit it because you know what? The blood of Jesus, once again, is a great equalizer of all men, and it might sound a bit radical to you, and it might bother you a little bit, but how many of you know brokenness needs Jesus? That man, those people, the whole community, that city, everybody needs Jesus. That's the kind of church we are. Welcome home. How's everybody doing? Good. Fantastic. So, first two weeks, man, we preached some messages, and the first one, we kind of talked about taking advantage of what happens inside these walls before we get outside these walls. We got to take advantage of what's actually taking place inside these walls before our passion in this house, passion inside this house has got to overflow to passion outside these houses and into our neighbor's house and into the houses that aren't even close to our community. Amen? That's what we talked about week one, and then week two, I just said it, heart like heaven. Proverbs 21, one through two, we talked about a king or a queen, as some of you are queens in here. Where are my queens at in here? Holler at your boy. Love it. That sounds weird actually to say that. <laughs> I got one queen. She's great. Um, good God, Matt. Shut up. But we preached saw, uh, Proverbs 21 through uh, 1 through 2 that said, when the king's heart is in the hand of the father, the father, God, Jesus, Lord, Holy Spirit, he directs it where he will. And we took, we took a look at that calling it heart like heaven and how, man, some of us, we've got some places and some spaces and some vessels in our heart that we haven't totally delivered and handed over. God is not firmly in his hand. And there are some people that we haven't talked to. There's some people we haven't run to. There are some people in this city, this very city who look different than us, have different skin color than us, have different beliefs than us, have different issues than we do, and when our heart is firmly in the hands of the Father, there ain't no person we won't go to, there ain't no dark alley we won't go to, there isn't no place or space in this city that take over Christians for sure will not be found, amen? Check out that message, Heart Lake Heaven. So tonight, all that to say, part three, somebody say part three. Y'all taking notes tonight? Fantastic. Where my note takers at? Hands up. Got to see who's going to heaven. Cool. The other 13 of you, we're going to hit the altar call in a minute. It's going to be good. Um, we'll get you in. It's going to be great. Zero admission. Um, but seriously, tonight, title of the message is this. Y'all ready? Write this down. It's loving moves. Loving moves. After you don't write that down, would somebody please turn and tell your neighbor, yo, I ain't got to dance. I make money moves. Wait, that's the wrong message. Um, no, I'm serious though. Would you turn and tell your neighbor, would you ask your neighbor, say, hey, what kind of moves are you making? Yo, pastor, this is the Cardi B. I don't know about this church. We out here. What kind of moves are you making? Fantastic. Y'all got your Bibles? I know somebody, we got two of them that just went out. I know two people at least have Bibles tonight. If you got your, uh, you got your digital Bibles? Yes. God still uses those. It's all good. Don't worry about it. All right, it's going to be up on the big Bible too, but we're coming out. 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Y'all ready? Y'all need a minute. Y'all good to go? Okay. Verse 7 right here. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Verse 9, in this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved, but God not that we have, not, yeah, right? Not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Y'all know what propitiation means? 
Man, we, we young in the house tonight. Is there anybody here that knows what propitiation means? Propitiation is a big word, and it's, it's an awesome word. Let me tell you this. Let me strip back the Christianese of it real quick before we go on with the rest of the scripture. Propitiation for our sin, it means atonement. What does atonement mean in 28 mean? 18? It means to make pleasing and right in the sight of God. It means to redeem. Is there anybody in here tonight that is grateful that you have been redeemed? Is there anybody in here tonight that redemption has come to your house? There's some people outside, you know what I'm saying? Come hang out. I'm going to start leading worship too. We're going to do everything. It's okay. Like, no, man, you can't. You're monotone. You don't know what you're hearing. But that's what propitiation for our sin means. It means to make right, to make clean, to make pleasing to God for redemption. Is that good news or what? Yeah. All right, let's finish off that scripture. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Y'all mind if we pray before we go any further? fantastic. Jesus, I just thank you so much. The great honor and pleasure it has got to be in, in your house, God. And for me specifically, God, to be able to lead this community alongside Adrian. And God, we don't take it lightly. Jesus, none of us on staff here, on crew here, God, we take this. We don't take this lightly tonight, God. We've given you our hands. God, we put our hands to the plow for this service, God, for all of these things, God. So Holy Spirit, please take what we have brought you tonight, God. Take what these words are going to come out of my mouth tonight, God. Take this message that you prepared on the inside of me tonight, God, and draw some people closer to you, God, and draw some people closer together, God, and draw some people into unity, God. This world needs a united church, Jesus, God. So whatever it is on the inside of us, God, throw that away tonight. Make us a new heart like Adrian said earlier. God, Ezekiel, Jesus, we love that. We don't want a heart of stone towards anybody, let alone you, our brothers, our sisters, people who look different than us. No, God, we don't want a heart of stone, God. We want a new heart and a new spirit, Jesus. We want to feel in love and be just like you, God. So Holy Spirit, have your way in our minds and in our bodies, God. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, amen. I need a Wawa break real quick. Somebody said, real quick. Oh, man. All right, so money moves. No, I'm kidding. So how many Cardi B jokes can I get tonight? It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Pray for me. I need salvation. Loving moves. I love the title of this message. I love this piece of scripture tonight. Because John, who wrote it, he is reminding us of the most famous scripture in all of the world. The most famous scripture in the Christian uh, circles. I don't really know what I was looking for there. But the most famous Bible verse in all of our world. I'm serious. Non-Christians, if they've watched, you know, NFL from years like 2007 through 2014 when Tim Tebow was still playing, they know this verse. Everybody in this world knows this verse. And John, when he writes this uh, piece of scripture, he is drawing us back to that most famous verse of all time. John 3.16. Y'all know John 3.16? God, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that anyone and everyone, all those that would call upon the name of Jesus to make him Lord would what? Be saved. Let me test for the Christians in the house. Be saved. So loved the world. I love that when John brings us back to this word and back to this notion of being so loved, he brings it back to the heart of Jesus and he is saying, brothers and sisters, he actually uses the word beloved. Do you all know what the word beloved means in 2018? Do you know what that word is? 
beloved means to have been loved and to be loved. It is both and. He is calling you, brothers and sisters, this is a message to the Christians, to the church, to the Jesus followers of the day, and for you and me. He is saying, brothers and sisters, beloved, if you've been loved, you're going to continue to be loved. He is saying, beloved, know that if God so loves you and I, then you and I ought to so love one another. And I love the Bible and I love the heart of Jesus because I think a lot of Christians get this wrong. This isn't in my notes, but I kind of want to hit it real quick. I think a lot of Christians get this wrong. We look at how he started by saying beloves and and brothers and sisters and all these things. We look at that and we always draw the connotation there. At least if, at least if you're like me, I always see this and I always read this and I go... Man, I kind of get hung up on it. I kind of wish there was some different language used, but then I get into it because the Holy Spirit challenges me, and I look a little bit deeper in it. And he is saying, beloved, been loved. He's not just talking to the Christians who have received that love. Jesus Christ already went to the cross. There is not a single soul who has ever walked this earth pre-Jesus, after Jesus, now, dead, or soon to come. doesn't matter. There's not a soul who has walked this place that the love of Jesus did not go all the way back and rectify and show love to, and there's not going forward into the future and showing love to. He is saying, beloved, every single person underneath the sun, whether they love Jesus or not, he is saying, you have been loved. But then the call to action to Christians is, God so loved you and he so loved me that we ought to love one another. And he is saying, and when he says love one another, this isn't for Christians, it's just to show compassion towards Christians. This isn't just for Christians to show faithfulness to their brothers and sisters in Christ. No, no, no. What John is saying in this verse, he is saying, God so loved that world that whosoever, whosoever is not, is not relegated or is not stunted to just be the bride of Christ, those who already know, those who have already come, those who have already come home to Jesus before takeover church ever happened, before a church inside a building as an organization with a 501c3 certification ever happened. He is saying, brothers and sisters in Christ, you ought to love one another. One another is the whosoever. One another is anybody and everybody, not limited to just Christians who are already following Jesus. Isn't that good news? And so I love in this verse when he's using this language because he is saying to us, he is saying to you and to me, he has thrown the gauntlet down. If Jesus really did this, if he really was in heaven, he was, the word tells us in the beginning, was the word, the Father, and the Spirit. The Spirit dwelt among the earth. We know later in the Bible it says the word became flesh. The word of God became Jesus. Jesus the word and flesh. Jesus was the word. He was right next to God. They were in heaven. They were ruling. They had everything. Perfect harmony. The only war they were doing was a war they've already won. And here they are. And God so loved and so moved and so full of compassion and passion and pulse and compulsion for you and for me that Jesus Christ, John is saying, if he really did this, if he was really this overwhelmed with love for you and me and those who aren't even in ears distance to hear the gospel, 
to leave heaven, forsake it all for 33 years to come down into our plane of existence where sickness abides in bodies, where sin has come and had its way, where all these other things are going on. Our identities have been under attack our entire life, our entire stature here on earth, our entire stay here on earth. Come down, leave heaven, live a life for you and for me. I got to believe he was God in the universe. He probably could have corrected this some other way, but our God believes blood for blood and bone for bone, body for body, soul for soul. And he is so moved, is so overcome with love for you and me that his good and perfect plan was this. I'm going to leave the right-hand side of the Father. I'm going to leave this amazing worship service that we're just having all the time up here. I'm going to leave, and I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to put my reputation on the line. This guy came in on a colt, a.k.a. a donkey, and he was born in a manger, no matter what some theologians try to tell you. A manger is not like a hotel back in the day, and a donkey is not a Ferrari. There are people who believe this. No, 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 no. He said, I did not come to be king and to rule in this world. I came to be a servant of all people. And he was moved, and he came in in a manger and on a colt. He had come in in a blazing fire of, 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 a, of a chariot with just stallions, and he didn't come in, and he didn't take over the White House. He didn't do any of those things. He came to serve everybody, whosoever, one another. He was overcome with a so love. And I want to dial in on that piece of scripture tonight. So loved. A so kind of love is different than love of any other person. It's different than the love of, of any other religion. It's a different kind of love than any other uh, culture that you come up in, man. We're in the world today, and everyone's like, yo, free love. Yo, I got love for you, man. Yo, don't, don't cuss at me. Don't swear at me going down the street because I was walking in your way. No, no, no. It's just love, bro. All love, bro. It's all good. All love. I can love them. I can love them. I can love whoever. I can. Just free love. It's funny when we say those kind of things in those moments. We're like, free love. Y'all got love for you, man. Does it really go beyond that moment? Because friends, a so kind of love, a so loved, a so loved. God, I don't know, besides Adrienne and Jesus, if I've ever so loved anything in my life. Because a so kind of love, it does what? So love, it doesn't just suggest action. Like, hey, maybe if you so love her, you could maybe ask her out. Oh, you just so love that person. Maybe you can offer them a ride home. Oh, you so love somebody. Maybe you can, I don't know, give them five bucks. They're homeless. Maybe you could just do this. No, 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 no. A so kind of love isn't a suggestion. A so kind of love demands action. It beckons action. It calls us to action. It demands that we make a move. We are so overcome by passion for something or someone that we are compulsed to do so. We are not content in any sort of way until we are moved into action. We are not content until what he has called us to do has come to fruition until we have moved. A so kind of love demands movement. I'm not preaching to anybody tonight. So Matt, what's that got to do with outside these walls, right? We get it, man. So loves. We heard it. John 3.16, we know it. It's on Tim Tebow's face on Sundays. We know it. The world knows it. 
The world already knows our plan of action, friends. This also isn't in my notes, but it's kind of funny to say. They already know our plan of action. They already know how we're going to approach them. They already know what John 3.16 says. We've already showed them all the cards. That's why it's the most popular verse in all the Bible, because it's the gospel. We've already showed them our cards. It's already on our bumper stickers. It's already on brakes. It's already on shirts. It's already everywhere. It's on the bottom of Forever 21 bags. You ever been to Forever 21? John 3.16. It's a Christian-owned company. Bet you didn't know that. They got some fly swag going on there. Love it. To the bottom of Forever 21 bags, just trying to get the gospel out. Let them know whosoever calls on Jesus, you can be saved even at Forever 21. The world already knows our actions and our plans towards them. You know what they're kind of over? Christians calling audibles. Our oh, Bible already tells me we ought to love one another. And that sounds really good in a message. That sounds really good to tweet. That sounds really great on Facebook or on my Instagram live stories. So love one another. But man, I think if Christians actually came through with it, I think if we actually took God upon his word, I think if we actually listened to what the Bible said, man, Grand Rapids would look a whole lot different, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? God prayed a tragedy never happens like that in this city. But do you know what I prayed when Adrian was saying we're praying for Pittsburgh? Do you know what my first prayer out of my mouth was? And this isn't because I'm more holy than y'all. It's not because I know God better than y'all. It's not because I can talk to him better than you. You can talk to him just the same as I can. We all have that relationship with Jesus if you're following Jesus tonight. It's not just for the you know priests or the pastors or the holy elite. It's for everybody. Direct line of Jesus. My first prayer out of my mouth was God, I pray that you mobilize some Christians to be the united factor in that city. Between different cultures, between different religions, between bigotry, all of these things, whatever's going on, all of the hate. I want to see Christians come together because you know what it would look like if Christians actually loved one another, if we actually mobilized and we didn't wait for times of tragedy, but we ran to one another and we so loved one another because we are overcome with love for broken people who look just like us. Man, those cities would look a whole lot different. Grand Rapids will look a whole lot different when Christians wake up and realize that Christianity is not a one-stop shot on Sunday and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus isn't just for serving and takeover kids or in our worship or in our host crew out here waving some signs. I'm being the light of the world, my signs. No, 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 you, you're doing a service for the church. You're doing a service for people. You are welcoming in. It's really important. It's great because you've affected somebody's opportunity to be here at church before they ever got in the door, before they ever heard me preach, before they ever heard a message, before they ever had worship. They have seen you out there going, welcome home and being happy about it, waving a sign. That's awesome. But do you know what the light in the world actually looks like? It's when we take our passion here on Sunday and we take it to Monday. It's when we take our passion here on Sunday and we take it to Wednesday and we take it to Friday and we take it to Saturday night with us. It's when we're in here and we're worshiping, we're getting it on for Jesus and we're doing our thing and our hearts are being full that we don't allow what happens on Saturday night to cause temptation in us and to live a certain way outside of what God has called us to do. What God has called was best for our lives. It's when we take this passion on the inside of here that you know what? I got more passion for Jesus and the house of God and what he's doing. I'm going to go to a bar, but man, I ain't going to get sloshed that night. Yeah, I'll have a beer with you. I'll have a coffee with you. I'll talk with you. I'll get together with you. I'll celebrate your birthday. I'll go out with you. We'll do all those things. But you know what? Jesus ain't good with how I've been because I need to start being a light. Because I need to start standing out for Jesus. It's not because you're weird. It's not because you're abstinent. It's not because of any of these things. It's because you love Jesus. It's because he's loved you. It's because you've been so loved that that so love demands change in your life. I'm preaching to anybody tonight. So what is this all about? I want to ask us a question tonight. Y'all ready for a question? Is that cool? I need to see what time it is. Oh, we good, money. We fine for a minute. 
I want to ask you all a question tonight. I want to ask myself a question tonight. I say us because we don't preach a message here that isn't for us to hear ourselves. We don't spend time with God going through something when it's not for us as well. We don't get up here on a pedestal and preach down to you. No, 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 no. We're here to serve just like Jesus says. So this is a word for me and this is a word for you. This is a word for our generation. This is a question for all of us tonight. What do you value? Who do you value in this life on your day-to-day? Not when you're here. Not Christian verbiage. Not Christianese. I'm talking about being honest. This whole series has been incredible. And we're talking about getting outside these walls. When people hear outside these walls, they expect a rah-rah message. Go get them, empty some hospitals, and turn things up for Jesus. That's what those messages are about. That's what this whole thing's about. I'm going to make no apologies for that because that's the gospel. That's the good news. If you ever get sick and tired about me telling you to go and love on somebody for Jesus, friends, you don't know Jesus. This is the goal. This is what it's about. Building the bride, building the house, building up people, bringing betterment to their lives. So what do you value? What does Matt value? Who does Matt value? Who do you value, Lexi? Who do you value, Ben? Who do you value? What do you value? Can I tell you why? Somebody say, why? Because what you value determines the moves that you make. Oh, that's so good, and I got one response. What you value, who you value, what you choose to place value on in this life determines the moves that you make. I think y'all are wondering where the uh, loving moves was about to go. What do you value? Who do you value? If Jesus Christ forsook heaven, left everything, came down here rushing in for you and for me, man, people got to have some value. If it was enough for the creator of the universe to leave everything going on, controlling everything, doing his thing, to intervene on our lives, get personal with us up and close in the flesh, put everything on the line, then man, people must have some value. He wasn't just up in heaven and ordained some book called the Bible. He didn't just come down here and die a sinner's death for the chosen few 12 disciples and whoever was following him at the time. It wasn't just for them. And he didn't leave us to our own devices when the Bible came. He didn't just leave us for that. No, no, no. He brought this thing. He made this thing called the church to be the hands and feet, the light and salt of God in the earth. Friends, this is helping anybody tonight. If he places value on people, Maybe we should. If he places value on getting uncomfortable and getting out of our box and getting out of our workplace and, and, and actually being a light in our neighborhood and, and maybe we know the family down the street is fighting. We, maybe we know they're going through some things. Maybe we come over and we knock on the door and we don't judge. And we don't pass judgment. And we don't say, you need to do this. You need to, we don't do that. Just go, hey, we know you guys are having a difficult time. Can we make you dinner tonight? Can we pray for you? Man, I know it's easy at the gas station when you see somebody with a, with a beater of a car to want to put 10 bucks in their gas. But what would the love of Jesus look like when we know the guy in the SUV with the Rockford construction sign on the back of it doesn't need our money and doesn't need our generosity? But what if we so love people no matter if they are rich or poor and we decide to fill up an SUV that is $60 plus in a gallon? What would it look like? These are loving moves. What we value determines the moves that we make. So what do we value in this world? What we value? We have value gold. We value money. We value silver. 
We value things of monetary value. We, we, we value big toys, and, and we value going to the beach, and we love getting a boat, and we have all these things. We value big houses. So what do we value in this world, friends, for me and Adrienne? We valued wanting to have a child one day. So you know what we did? We saved money. We got a little uncomfortable in our lives. We put money aside. We said no to a lot of things and a lot of nights hanging out with people so we could save all this money. And then we bought a house that didn't have a giant a hole in the floor called stairs. Dodgy. It's where we were at before. Giant hole in the stair. They, you couldn't even see. You come in and be like, hey, how you guys doing? You disappear. You fall out. It was right next to the entrance. It was right next to the kitchen. It was a hole in the floor, but we valued one to have a child one day. And so we saved up and we got uncomfortable when we did that. We value the people in our community, whether they ever come to this church or not, whether they love us or not. And so what did we do? We asked church to go beyond their tithes and offerings and get a little uncomfortable and to donate money and to donate candy and donate all of these things so that we could go. Oh, and then we also asked them to donate their lives and time on a Wednesday night when they could be doing other things. And we asked them to meet us at River City Scholars because you know how hard it is for a church to get inside a school, separation of church and state, but we value the children and we value the families in our community. So we challenged all of this. We got uncomfortable and we made a way to get into RCS and we threw them a family night because we value people. For Adrienne and I, God put the stream in our heart called the start of church. And we already did seven years in Grand Haven. And if you're in here tonight and you're from Grand Haven, if you're in West Michigan and all these things, I don't mean to offend you when I say this because my heart has changed since then. But we were there for seven years. I'm a city kid. It was a lot for me. I, there was, it was a very hard season for me in a place so small. It was difficult to breathe, difficult to exist, difficult to find culture and all these things. I had such a hard time. But man, God delivered me of that. God showed me people so love, kind of love. But friends, when that seven years was up and Adrian and I were done and we knew God had called us a, plant, a life-giving church where anybody and everybody could be found, where anybody and everybody could have safety, could have freedom to worship their Jesus, to have a church where it's okay to be broken and to be going through things because the church, contrary to popular belief in America, should be the safest place for you to go through your struggles and your tragedies and your hurt and your brokenness. We decided that we valued this so much that we were going to plant a church, a life-giving, life-changing church. But best believe me, man, I didn't want to be in Michigan. I didn't want to be in Grand Rapids. I didn't want to be in, in small town, middle America. I didn't. I saw it a certain way. But God changed my hearts because we were praying. We were like, oh, Chicago, L.A., Miami. Throwing out some of these names. Adrian's like, what? Nah, dog, I'm going to Miami. Like, but we were praying. We wanted out. We wanted to go somewhere else. We wanted to be somewhere with some culture where a church like this might have some acceptance and might have some understanding and people would be able to give up their 5 p.m.s on a Sunday night, sleep in a a little bit, grab brunch, and gather around the name of Jesus. But God spoke to us and said, you want to go to a place where it's easy, and where culture's already accepted, and where people are a little already open-minded, but I have called you. You're going to do this in Grand Rapids. You're going to bring this kind of life-giving church for anybody and everybody to Grand Rapids. And as God began to reveal that to us, and burden and break our hearts, and fill us with love for this city, guess what? We valued Grand Rapids, and we moved towards Grand Rapids. What we value determines the move that we make. So what do you value tonight, church? Is it money? Is it cars? Is it, is it fame? Is it loud pipes coming down in the rain? Six people are going to understand that reference. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. God bless the Archbishop Kendrick. But what do you value tonight? 
I know as humans, we value these monetary things. We value gold. Friends, can I tell you something about gold? Gold's really cool, but gold was created. Can I tell you something else about gold? We value these things, right? We put them on our phone cases. This world is ridiculous now. We spend all these money on phones. We got a gold iPhone now. You can get a gold iPhone. You can do these things. You can get a gold phone case. You can get gold Rolexes. You can get some bling and all these things. You can have gold for days, right? And we, and we kill ourselves to attain it. We fake it till we make it. We put up fake videos on Instagram in our culture today to look like we got more money than we actually do, that we're in a different place in society than we actually are because we value these things. So we hustle and we try and we steal and we lie and we connive all to put on this image. Friends, can I tell you something really cool? When we die one day, if you're in here as a Jesus follower, if you die one day, you're going to go to a place called heaven. Y'all ready for heaven? Y'all shouldn't be ready for heaven. We got work to do. You walked into that one. Come on. If the preacher going to ask you if you're ready for heaven, you like, no. Got work to do. But in heaven, do you know what God values? God values souls. What is the currency of heaven? It is people. It is love. It is souls. People who already know him and people that are far from him. That's the currency of heaven. That's the love language of heaven is people. Do you know what it's not? Gold. You want to know why that is? Because we're going to be in heaven one day and you know what those streets are made out of? Gold. God sees people. He sees them as his treasure, as his prized possession so much that beyond our human understanding, we hustle to get this thing called gold. We do all this stuff for our engagement rings with gold. All these things for these metals and these silvers and all these things because it's high class and we call it this for no reason. Some reason diamonds cost so much. It doesn't make any sense. It's rock. <laughs> okay? But God, he's on the same wavelength as me. He's the same length that you're about to be on because you want to know why? He goes, those things that you value, those things that you live for, those things that you die for, that money, that monetary thing, yo, up here, it's beneath you. It's below you. You're going to walk on this for the rest of eternity. You're going to play hopscotch on this for the rest of eternity. You're going to do burnouts on this for the rest of eternity. You're going to scuff up your feet on this for the rest of eternity. You're going to damage this for the rest of eternity because you're humans. You are my prize possession. Gold, is it? I made it all. I gave it to you all. And I'm telling you, anything that was created from God outside of people is meant to be below people's feet. So that tells me what? That we need to value people. Y'all ready for one more scripture tonight? Matthew 6, 21. It's going to be up in the big Bible. Where we at? There it is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matt, I thought that was about money. I thought that was a tithing message. I thought that was about giving my money and putting it in purposeful things so that my heart goes towards those areas because whatever has my heart has my attention. Yeah, yeah. It's not about money. It's about treasure. It's about prized possessions. And God has spoken to you and to me. I hope the scripture speaks a louder word to you than simply money from here on out. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If we have a heart like heaven, our treasure, our most prized possession, is it going to be gold? Is it going to be money? Is it going to be dollar, dollar, dollar bills, y'all? It's going to be people. Because God says people are his masterpiece, his great workmanship. They are his most prized possession. 
And so for friends, for you and for me, it sounds like people need to be our most prized possession. It sounds like our treasure needs to be found in people, not found in man, not found in money, not found in, in, in our businesses and all these things that we're trying to build and ascertain. God wants you to build those things. He wants Christians to have great businesses and great fame and all of these things because your influence for Jesus grows even farther when he blesses you and he brings you into places you got no business being. He wants that for you. But at the end of the day, it's simply to make sure that people are coming home to Jesus. Any blessing he gives you is for somebody else. Any redemption he brings to your life is so that you can redeem somebody else. Any freedom he brings to your house is so you can bring freedom to other people's house. Any sort of blessing from heaven, any healing that you've experienced is so that somebody else can have the faith for their own healing. Any breakthrough that you've had in your life is your breakthrough for your neighbor. I'll preach to anybody tonight. So loved. It's a man's action. When Christians begin to get the so loved kind of love on the inside of us, when we begin to realize we weren't put on this earth to simply exist in the rat race of life, waking up, snooze button, waking up, snooze button, clocking in, not brushing our teeth, clocking out, going home, waking up the next day to do it all over again. We were not created. We were not saved. We were not spoken into existence before the foundations of the earth, our Bible says. We were purposed before the foundations of the very ground that we stand on. We were not purposed with the intent that you and I would simply exist in the rat race thing called life. But you and I as Christians, now that we come home to know Jesus, that we would exist outside of the rat race. We'd be in the middle of the rat race as it goes around. And our sole job at this point isn't to get money, riches, and fame. If he chooses to give it to you, awesome. Use it to pull more people out of that rat race and bring them to life because we were never intended to just simply exist. We are intended to thrive and to grow and to ultimately in everything that we do, reach people and glorify God. I'm appreciative anybody tonight. So when we get a so love mentality going on, friends, can I tell you, man, it'd be a real shame tonight if we allow Jesus to affect our eternity but never challenge our mentality. God, you can be Lord of where I go later on, but while I'm here on earth, I'm going to come to church on Sunday, but I'm going to be the same bigot I was on Monday. I'm going to be the same money-hungry person that I was on Wednesday. I'm going to be the same hustler trying to get mine, build mine, save my bank account, all of these things, make sure I'm comfortable, make sure I got all these things going on in my life, make sure I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. No, no, God didn't just come for your eternity. He came for your mentality here and now. Our Bible even says it. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, it says in Romans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It wasn't so that we could remain the same. It is so that we could be changed and challenged and grow and take on and fill ourselves up with and cover ourselves up in and be the so loving love of Jesus and make some loving moves with our lives. I appreciate anybody tonight. So loved. Whether they receive it or not, so loved. Whether they want to hear you or not, so loved. Whether you're uncomfortable or not, so loved. Whether they're willing and ready to come to church with you or not, so loved. Whether you're on a good day or a bad day, doesn't really matter. You approach the world and the people far from God with a what? So love. My preaching to anybody tonight.
this is what we are. This is Christians. This is us. This is how we get outside these walls is we begin to value people the way God values people. Brown, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. They are precious silver and gold and most prized possessions and they have to be for us or else we are not living. We want to live in our blessings, right? We all want to live in our callings, right? We all want to walk in our destiny. Our destiny, our callings, our blessings are never separated from loving and reaching out to people. Never. You don't call it to be a doctor. You're called to be a light in that hospital. You don't call it to be an actor. You're called to be a light in Hollywood. You're called to be a musician. Yeah, you're called to lead worship at the Grammys. You're called to plant an amazing church. You're there to be a light in your neighborhood. You don't call it to be a pastor. Yeah, it's not for the glitz and the glam and all of these things. Because, man, I know it looks cool. And I know I got a cool bomber jacket on that I was sweating earlier. I know it. Boy, swagged out. $7, fam. Wonder why? Because Adrian and I purpose our finances and we're going towards people. So we ball on a budget so that we can have a home that people can come to. So we can put parties on. So we can do these kind of things. So we can pay for people's food and take them out for coffee and love on people. This isn't about how great we are. I'm just trying to convey to you tonight that man's so loving nature of Jesus has got to change not only your eternity but your mentality and it has to provoke movement in you. So who and what do you value tonight, church? Can I read one more piece of scripture? I know we got to get going here soon. <sighs> Y'all good? Oh, man. One of the prayers I want to pray tonight at the end of the service, I'm going to let you in on it a little bit. There's a lot of people in this room tonight. You're all beautiful. You're all amazing. You're all lovely. I don't just say that because the lights are really bright right here and I really can't make out your faces. No, no, no. Every single one of you is beautiful and is lovely, has worth, and has value tonight. But if we are ever going to get this thing right, if we are ever going to be all that Jesus has called us to be, we have got to get this on the inside of us. We have got to ask the Holy Spirit tonight. Holy Spirit, we're going to worship in a minute. Church, you can, worship team, you can come back up here. We're going to worship in a second. We're going to sing a, called, a song called How Great Is Our God. We're going to throw it way back. But that's with intentionality. We're going to sing a song called How Great Is Our God. And what I want us to do is I want us to ask the Holy Spirit tonight. I want us to ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, is there anything on the inside of me, God, that needs to die so that others can live? Are there things on the inside of me, God? I want these loving moves. I want to be able to go towards people and places and things that I got no business being in, that I have no place to be in in the natural. But God, I want to go there with some supernatural equity of the Holy Spirit, God. So whatever it is on the inside of me, if there's things inside of me that I value that has to die so that others can live, reveal it to me tonight. And I want to place it in the altar of worship tonight. What's an altar? those old school words in the Old Testament before we had church, before we had worship, before we had all these things that, you know, we talked about how it was blood for blood and body for body and soul for soul to redeem sin, to redeem us. In the Old Testament, they used to have to build an altar of rocks and of stones and in order to get atonement for their sin, to be clean and right in the presence of God, they used to have to sacrifice animals, goats, and all sorts of things, chickens. 
and blood would have to be shed on this altar and those things would have to die so that you and I could be covered. Jesus has already gone to the cross for you and for me and for the people outside these doors. So if there is anything on the inside of you tonight that you need to leave dead at this altar, that you need to leave dead here tonight so that others can live through you and through Jesus, through your testimony and your story and what God has called you to do, friends, I implore you tonight to leave it here and now take it with you. Friends, you and me, one of the things that we value is time. But we got time. I don't care how old you are. You got time. You want to know why? If you're following Jesus in here tonight, you got this life and you got the next life. You got this life and you got eternity. The world says there ain't no rest for the wicked. That's a lame song. I think it's trash. But guess what? We can rest for the saints. There is rest for the saints. We get to rest in eternity. Do you know who does it? The people who are outside these walls that don't know Jesus. You and I, we got time. The people outside these walls that don't know Jesus, they don't have time. We have this life and eternity to rest in. We better get to work today because those people, they just got this life. And then what comes? But God didn't come so that you could just simply go to heaven. He came so that you could have life and life to the full is what John 10, 10 says. Life here and now. Jesus inside you here and now. Perfect harmony with God here and now. Y'all ready for the last piece of scripture? Romans 5, 8 says this. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God shows his so love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Is that not good news, church? Does that not deserve 10 second praise break? Go! While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Could it be that the challenge in that scripture for you and I tonight is to take that so love of God and realize that if Christ died for us while we were still sinners, maybe we can live for them while they are still sinners, while they are still messed up, while they are still jacked up, while they are still going through it. Could it be the challenge for us tonight is to exist for the people outside these walls, whether they love us or not, deserve it or not, or doesn't matter or not? Could it be that we are called to have so love of Jesus and compassion to be moved towards these people? The favorite part about that scripture, if I could get everybody to stand up, we're getting ready to worship. If I could get you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Yeah. The favorite part about that scripture is when it says, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. If you're in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus yet for yourself, if you've maybe heard about Jesus because you're in West Michigan, maybe because you grew up in a Lutheran church or you grew up somewhere else, but you don't actually know this tangible Jesus that wants to have a relationship with you on the daily, I got some good news for you tonight. There's nobody looking around. There's nobody judgment. There's nobody talking right now. This is a moment for all of us between us and our Creator. I don't care how long you've been coming to this church or how long you've been in Bible college or how long you've been in West Michigan. This is for you and Jesus to get together and start living for real your best life tonight. So there's nobody looking around. There's nobody talking. There's nobody judging. This is a moment between us and Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in your faith journey. 
friends, the so love kind of Jesus that when we took a step towards God, he took a step towards us. And even when we did everything on the inside of us to take a step away from him and run the other direction, he still took a step towards us. Forever and ever, he has been moving towards you, pursuing you, and coming after you with everything he has. This is your moment. Don't show up to church on a Sunday from this moment forward and not have that relationship with Jesus. That sounded different than I wanted it to. I meant from this moment forward, you don't have to show up here and just listen to preaching about a God that you haven't had personal interaction with. I want you to come every single week. You belong whether you believe, you belong before you behave. You belong here no matter where you are on this journey with Jesus. But don't leave here. You don't have to come back here and not really have that relationship with Jesus, not really have that freedom from Jesus. You don't have to go back into your workplace. You don't have to go back into those addictions. You don't have to go back to that girl or that guy from this night forward, whatever has held you down and plagues you. You don't have to go back to depression. You don't have to go back to anxiety. You don't have to go back to worry or, or fear. But you can have the actual tangible love and relationship daily, minute to minute, hour to hour, second to second, every single day of your life, access to God from this moment forward, no matter what you've done or how you've run, he has always been coming towards you. So if that's you tonight, as you want to begin that relationship with him, or you want to pick back up where you left off, or you want to fully commit tonight, that's what you lift your hand right where you are. Yeah, I see a hand up. Any other hands in the house? Anybody else want to come home tonight? Awesome. Then what I want to do as one church family is I want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's not some religious reason that we do it. We do it because we're not going to leave the one behind and we're going to join them in starting on this journey with Jesus tonight. So would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for coming after me. I know I don't deserve it. I know that I couldn't earn it. But I know that you have redeemed me. That you have shed your blood for me. That you died so that I could live and from this moment going forward my life is yours be Lord of all and use me to reach those who have still yet to come home in Jesus mighty name amen make some noise for that person We're going to go over to this song, and I want to ask you, oh, I think we got, we got Adrian, we got Lexi, probably going to have Scott go back there too, or maybe Jane if you want to hop out of the booth or somebody, but we're going to have some people in the back.
that we love and that we trust and that we know that can encourage you and hear you and won't judge you and will love you right where you are. So if you need prayer for anything tonight, don't leave without that prayer, without that liberation, without getting together with a brother or sister tonight. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another so that healing may come. You can confess your fear. You can confess your worry. You can confess your depression. You can confess your doubt. You can confess that you feel like the waves are above your head. You can barely swim in this life right now. Wherever it is, whatever you're dealing with, wherever you're at, there are people available to you in the back to join with you in this moment to find freedom and liberation and to partition our God to come and move on your behalf. So please take advantage of that. Worship team, would you lead us in how great is our God? How great is he? Then let's worship like we believe what we just yelled.